zippity doo da zippity day. What's up your ass? Sunshine. Not a hemorrhoid? <laughs> I have had hemorrhoids. I've never. What's it feel like? Um, I thought it was, this is going to be rich talking to you, but I thought it was cancer at first. It was just like <laughs> a little, like, um, it felt like a bubble of intestine coming out my butthole. Cute. Yeah. That's what you thought prolapsing was when we first talked. No, 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 no. Different. No. Because this was happening to me. I thought the prolapse was happening to someone else. Tom, hi. This happened in Thailand. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? You've had a week, Elliot. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. I've had a great week from uh-huh. La La Land. Not the boring white oh, supremacist movie. Terrible movie. It's not a white supremacist movie. I don't know why. I said <laughs> it that. might be. Tom, how was your week? Uh yeah, no, it was better. Listeners, how was your week? Oh, that sounds fantastic. Thank you for letting us know. What a great week. Take us on a journey. Email us. Tell, tell us how your week was. Drop us a line. I want to know. <clears throat> and um, also, welcome to Do You Queer What I Queer. No, stop it. You always ruin everything I do. That's Tom. That's Elliot. And together we're Dickwick. And you're listening to a faggoty old podcast. A faggoty old faggot episode starring a straight man. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this straight man is especially important to listen to, and that's not a joke. Holy shit, he's amazing. I was he's amazing. Literally trying not to cry multiple times during this. I've I know. I'm very enlightened. I know. As soon as I met him, I was like, what can I do to trap you, put you in a cage? Nope, cage jokes aren't funny. No. And bring you on this podcast Correct. to speak. Yeah. Um, and it happened, and I'm so thankful for it. And I'm, yeah. I really hope everybody loves this episode. Yeah, tune in. It's, it's yeah, it's fucking fire. Do we do we have any like things? Um, have you watched anything other than The Simple Life? Um, first of all, rude because that foreshadows <laughs> this episode. Second of all, um, this isn't queer, but Midsummer. I was excited for it last week. I saw it this week. Ari Aster did it you did the thing um everybody go see that film unless you're not okay with being horribly disturbed um i don't want i don't want this podcast to promote that film i feel uncomfortable with that so, uh, so I'm don't living don't my go truth. see it i'm living my tom it just sounds like straight white nonsense Tom, you're to policing me. me right now and i'm yeah. living my truth i am um no it's very it's very exceptional um i watched get out for the third time this morning um fuck that movie oh awesome. that's how you're doing <laughs> yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, what else, Tom? Have you seen anything? Uh, yeah, so I started watching. I told you about this right before we started recording, but I started watching "I Love You Now Die." Mm. About uh, everyone should watch this. It's on HBO, Crave in Canada, and it's about uh, an online relationship that developed. And she, I mean, decide how you will, but. It seems to me like she coerced her boyfriend to kill himself so that she could have um, some kind of weird fantasy trauma in her life. And it's very, very upsetting. As I said, I've already changed my name, so I don't really love that people are bringing back my story. That is a really sick joke. It's really not watch funny. This, really, really watch dark. this documentary, and then you're going to feel really bad about that joke. Um, I've read up on that case a lot. I'm very, very <laughs> Of course you have, because you're so sick. Um, I watched I'm, a few other things. Okay. If I may, Muriel's Wedding, I watched again. I love Muriel's it's Wedding. so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that one's fantastic. I did Mushrooms and watched Mean Girls, which I strongly suggest that experience for everybody. Um, that was pretty great. Mean Girls holds up. It's certainly definitely one of my fav- favorite movies ever, which makes me such a basic gay, I know. but Every- Who doesn't love that movie? Everybody loves that movie. Um, 
I've been watching Pose season two. I, can't, I, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. I don't know why I have not. I'm watched tired it. of you. I'm tired of myself. Um, so. This this newest episode, episode four, it was a wallop. I can't. It wait. It was a wallop. It was like someone um, like stabbed the audience, opened them up, and then watched them bleed out for 45 minutes. Um, like I was watching it with five friends last night, and we all just like we couldn't even speak to each other. We had to leave immediately. We couldn't speak to each other afterwards. Oh my god. Yeah. I like media that does that, so I feel like this will be up my alley. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Maybe. That was Half of me thinks it was too melodramatic. Anyway, this is too vague. So that was media this corner. has been Vagary Corner. We love Vag Media Corner. <laughs> fag Vag. Um, everyone, let us know what you're watching and listening and reading to <laughs> our amazing guest this week is Galad Cohen, who is the executive director and founder of Jayu, and that's a charity here in the city. Uh, and it runs this program called the I Am Program. And this I Am Program has put together a gallery series at the Daniel Spectrum. And that's uh, at Regent Park for anyone in Toronto. It's it's kind of near Dundas and Parliament. Everyone should go check out this exhibition. Obviously, he's going to come on and talk about it. So I shan't do so. Uh, but he's he was an amazing guest. We're so lucky to have him. He's our first straight cis, cis male man. guest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but he is was the right guest because he's the right kind of accomplice that everyone should strive to be. So I'm excited to to present this episode. It was a treat. Um, I just have to say really fast because like I'm the worst. But if y'all could go over to our iTunes page and if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would mean the absolute world to us. Um, because we're just like a little podcast, not super helpful. So yes. um, we would adore that if you if you could all do that. Thank you. Thank you. For interrupting that that intro. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, but on that note, of course, you should go and check out um, Galad's podcast also, which is called The Hum, and do all the same things there. It's sort of like a flip, flop, fuck podcast. You know how we do. Yeah. What? What? Do that. <laughs> do whatever Tom just said, everybody. Without further ado, uh, stay tuned for this fucking amazing interview. Here it is. Bye. <laughs> For a second, I thought I was interviewing you both. Uh, well, you can. That's a. I mean, probably a lot. We're easier. into the flipping. It's totally fine. Yeah. We it's, always flip, fa- flip, flap, fuck. Flip, flap, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Flip, flap. It's fuck. when you like flap your arms like a bird. Well, you're flip fucking. While you're fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I was never told about any of these things. <laughs> I thought I was being interviewed on a podcast, but we can flip, flap, fuck our <laughs> way through this. We just Shanghai. Do you into um, the good old? Am I allowed to say Shanghai? Probably not. Okay. I wonder. Let's look up that. We can look that later. That. At a later date. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm honored. I'm really honored, and I'm really happy. Um, this location is so close to where I live. Mm. Perfect. Yes. Uh, which matters, you know, like when you live in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. That, that 500 meter meter bubble. Mm-hmm. It matters. So I'd really appreciate it if you gave our listeners my address and my postal code so that people can just show up at all hours. I think that'd be really oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's actually the, your worst nightmare. It, yeah. it would probably be my like best dream for strangers like people just your... dropping in on me i love that sounds so invigorating like sexy and invigorating i think it's all context though like i was just at a cottage up in uh, northern gatineau and it was in the middle of nowhere and there was this window facing the front of the street a very empty street and every night before bed i would imagine an old creepy man appearing in front of the window 
And I don't know if that's your thing. Goosebumps. But not mine. So I think context, right? Like yeah. maybe if you're in an apartment, someone right. knocks kind of cool. Yeah, and I want to apologize for showing up in front of your window. <laughs> <laughs> how did you know I was there? <laughs> Tom can smell very, very well. Smell, yeah. um, how's everyone doing today? What's our colors? Elliot, would you like to go first? My color today is like, <clears throat> okay, go on a journey with me for just a, just a brief second. I'm always ready. <clears throat> There's a pigeon. It's walking around. This pigeon happens to indulge in like a discarded hot dog. Let's just say for for the sake of this little. <laughs> this pigeon already sounds a lot like you. It's perfect. Yeah. What the pigeon doesn't realize is that there's a bunch of methamphetamine stuffed in said hot dog. Consumes I think the pigeon it. did realize. Go the pigeon on. may have known. Okay, this might be an allegory for me. We're not sure. The pigeon has the best day of its life. It's flying very very high. It's like it's living. It's loving. It's laughing. Um, and the pigeon shits out like a methamphetamine hot dog mm. onto passerby's blow and I happen to be the color of that defecation uh-huh. so I'm thinking like it could be beautiful if it was abstract art you have some whites you have some greens you have some browns you have whatever hot dog chunks but like in the context of the pigeon's day um that's how I'm feeling does that is that reading Elliot what the fuck is wrong with you? yeah I know I don't know it's a I'm lot. really really worried about it also changed have you seen Breaking Bad no you haven't? Okay, no, there's haven't blue. Either. They I make math. It's blue. Joke's a lot. Someone uh-huh. who's listening might know, but that blue math might change that whole thing. Yes. Okay. Let's let's go on that ride. There's some blues in there, too. I love that. It's also, like a nice I just palette. To, like, last week, your color was when spitting on the ground and then farting near it. No, that was how much I smelled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm happy I'm not here last week. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really awful. I'm very sorry to everyone who has to go on that. Go on. What's your color today? I was thinking about this. Um, actually, so uh, like I said, I was just at the cottage. I was looking around. And I saw green everywhere. Uh, I think green's my color. I feel good. Getting out of the city uh, definitely makes me feel healthy all the time. Oh, I don't know how you agree. Well, definitely, you agree. Definitely. Uh, being in the city for me, like, gives me so much anxiety. It feels, it, it fills me up with just, like, I need to be somewhere. I need to be someone. I yep. need to prove myself all the time. Sitting there on the cottage, looking around, just seeing green made me feel green. Mm. You know? And you're it's wearing different. green, too, which is perfect. And you're Not, drinking a green beer. Wow. Oh, my God. What does it mean? It's perfect. Yeah. Wow. You what feel about you? That hopefully you're calm. Tom, your color. Um, well, it, it's funny you said that I'm similar, but I'm that way around water. As long as I'm around water, I just feel really calm. Green water. Uh, green water, sure, yeah. Like a tailings but, pond. <laughs> um, my color is, is very different than both of yours. It's like a, uh, a firework, like green, like a, a f- like a green that's so bright that it knocks me over. In fact, I feel like I'm on I'm on a carousel Ooh. in the middle of a busy mall full of children, and the carousel's spinning out of control, and there are people pointing fireworks at me and shooting them at me while screaming. Whoa! I literally got anxiety from your color, and I. And maybe I'm at the point right now where I've fallen, where I've fallen off the um, carousel and I've like hit the lockers and. Does a pigeon? I'm like shit. trying to trying to figure out what was going on. Does a pigeon shit methamphetamine hot dogs onto you? I, I mean, no, because th- no, I don't feel dirty. I feel clean. Oh, oh I see. I yeah, see. like it, it's not a dirty color. It's a clean, loud, vibrant, exhausting. Like sort of all-encompassing color. Sounds like a very in-your-face yeah, sort of color. Definitely. I think it has to do with me dealing with like really l- loud little actors all week mm-hmm. who demand way too much attention that I'm able to give. That's not like a euphemism. You were with like infant actors. Yeah. That are loud. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Those are three colors, for sure. <laughs> they're all there. They're, they're, they're not. They, I mean, at first sound, none of those colors go together. But but I guess that's well they kind of do. Pigeon poop can be green, mm-hmm. and you can shoot fireworks, fireworks. at birds. You're right. If you're a, a it reminds me of like a, a Canada Day celebration yeah. in cottage country. That's perfect. Yeah, wow. Let's I'm settle drugs. into that. Yeah. 
Perfect. <laughs> Glad. Thank you wow. for joining us. Um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and why it is that you're here? Yeah, uh, for sure. So my name is Gilad. I founded a charity in Toronto called Jayu uh, eight years ago now. Uh, after after like seven years, it finally became my full time job after wanting to give up for so long because it was so hard in the arts, uh, funding and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But we do human rights awareness through the arts. We have a uh, a human rights film festival that we do each year in December at the Hot Docs Ted Rogers Cinema. Uh, where we screen documentary, have good conversations with really interesting people. Uh, We also have a podcast called The Hum, which is why I feel like I'm interviewing you guys. I'm confused, (laughs) but it's called The Hum. This interview will be probably way more weird than anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the reason I'm here uh, is because of our I Am program. So we have a program called I Am, which is a uh, arts and social justice training program that we do for mostly underserved youth here in the city. Uh, we teach them photography. We teach them spoken word poetry. Uh, this fall, we'll be teaching them video, uh, videography. Um, and then the, at least the photo side of the program each year culminates in a major exhibition that focuses on a different social justice topic. So uh, the exhibition that we have this year is called Am I Wrong to Love? And it's uh, an exhibition on the LGBTQI um, experience. Uh, we're also debating like 2SI, I, a lot of people have asked us. Uh, it just happens that no one that we worked with this year identifies as 2S, so right. it's LGBTQI. Uh, and it's a portrait series basically of 20 people who've been forced to flee uh, their countries because of their gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation. Um, they're basically refugees, well not basically, they are refugees um, because of those things. And so it's a portrait series and a story series of those 20 really incredible people. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, everyone <coughs> should go check it out. You have a, a few weeks left. Yeah, uh, the timing. Before the comes down. So, exactly. Uh, it's at, wh- what's it called again? It's at the Daniel Spectrum um, in Regent. Regent. Um, Regent Park. So having me on right now couldn't be more timely. Right. So yeah, there's uh, two weeks. I think there'll be two weeks by the time this comes out. Right. To I work it. for a really great organization and we took sort of a field trip with everyone that works at the company last Friday. And it was staggering. I really implore ev- all of our listeners to go see this. It was like, it, it was hard. Take your time. Don't rush through it. There's 20 portraits and 20 really difficult stories. And as usual for me, storytelling is is how I learn most. Mm-hmm. So m- all of these stories were so compelling and most were very heartbreaking. And some were worrisome because... they didn't have the refugee status yet or yeah some of the stories are just so um heartbreaking i'm not going to give away too much because i hope people will go and see it but uh an example would be there's a a young woman from jamaica and there's a lot of homophobia uh and biphobia and transphobia uh in jamaica and a lot of those island countries and so she um was outed as a lesbian um at a really young age uh not under her own will basically um, and felt a lot of hardship uh, in her community. Um, there was a gang um, that got a hold of this information and started threatening to kill her. And so um, they would threaten her, they would threaten her family, and they warned her, if you ever go to the police, we'll kill you. And, uh, you know, by chance, she happened to have, a, she's an athlete, she had a sporting tournament here in Toronto, so she flew from Jamaica to Toronto um, and had her sporting thing here. And then while she was here, uh, she got a call that her younger brother was murdered um, by that by that same gang. Um, and so the family, who's never really been supportive of her, um, sort of blamed her for it. And so she's here now alone, um, without family, without friends, without community, um, dealing also with not just the loss of her brother, but also, I'm sure, a lot of the shame and guilt that must come along from what's coming from her family and her community. So... 
um, she's one of 20 stories. Um, and when, when you do say hardship, there is that for sure. I mean, there's some stories to celebrate. Some people are here. They're here with their loved ones. Um, they got their refugee status. Uh, but not everybody's like that. Um, and it, I, I, I think it speaks more than anything to the work that we have to do here in Canada um, on every level, on like a grassroots level, on a legal level to, to fix this. This ties really nicely into, <coughs> excuse me, our season three question. Um, Gilad, what has fostered your queer activism? I, it's interesting when you ask me that because when you first initially asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, I'm straight. I'm like a, a cisgender man. Like, is this is this appropriate? Uh, and I'm so thankful that you 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 have me here um, to talk about this. Um, this was almost an accident. Mm. Uh, this exhibition. I mean, there was a really uh, interesting opportunity for us as an organization at JIU to work with the UNHCR, which is the refugee wing of the United Nations, on a project. And so we knew uh, even back in February that we were going to have a photo exhibition on refugees we just didn't know what and so we started asking ourselves like when you're looking at the refugee population who possibly amongst them is maybe the most marginalized and um, time and time again we kept coming back to LGBTQ uh, identifying uh, refugees they faced a whole um, array of challenges that a lot of other refugees don't um, for example they're not just leaving their country behind in a lot of cases they're also losing their families they're losing their entire communities, their jobs, uh, and they come here alone. And then when they end up here, um, a lot of times they end up finding a lot of homophobia, biphobia, transphobia within their own cultural community when they get here. So there's uh, this like really interesting form of uh, isolation that's really unique to them. Um, and so when I started learning about this, uh, my team and I, we, we, we said to ourselves, we cannot not um, have this be the focus. And wow. so... Um, I, I kind of have that, that like addictive personality. Once I start to learn about something, um, I have to like put 150% um, into it. And so that, that's sort of the expression of this uh, exhibition. Um, and that's how it came to sort of be. Well, that's phenomenal. I, I mean, I guess you've answered the second part of this question. I'm going to ask it anyway, just for posterity. But um, <laughs> how are you in the future or how do you now how will you continue to foster queer activism in others going forward? Again, a really good question. And I, I don't know that I have like a, uh, like an, an all in answer on that. Um, I think part of it for me is just like this exhibition, it's been a huge learning experience. Um, I think as again, like a cisgender white, uh, identifying male, mm -hmm. um, there's so much privilege that I, that I have. There's so many doors that open up for me. Um, I think part of my role uh, is understanding, A, that I have that privilege, but B, like who, who has had to sacrifice their equality, their equity, so that I could have that privilege? And how do I um, work, work best as an ally to open up those spaces, um, to either listen or to, to use the, the platforms that I have at work to give other people space to, to speak? It's not like, um, you know, like build the stage and hand them the fucking microphone, give it to them mm -hmm. uh, to speak. And so I think it's it's mostly just being an ally, listening and creating space for the, for, for the community. This gives me a lot of hope to hear. fucking good answer. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, allies, listen up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take note. Yeah, here's something you can do. Um, it's interesting, though, because I, I want to jump in. My Like, there's there's so much intersectionality that happens at home. Um, you know, like, I am, I'm white, but, like, I'm also Jewish. And uh, growing up... Uh, 
you know, we have Holocaust survivors in our family. And so we, I think we grew up with a lot of this and I'm an immigrant too, by the way. And so there's a lot of like the stories that I, I grew up listening to is like, you're not the same, you're not equal. Like you're gonna have to fight twice as hard. I think inside of me, there's that like sense of understanding. Um, you know, I, I experience anti-Semitism quite frequently, more frequently than, than I'm like even, I was gonna say proud to share. I don't know if it's something proud to be of, but um, I think I kind of get a little bit what it might be like. Um, and then of course I'm married to, to a, the most powerful black woman in the world who's a spoken word poet and, and through her writing and through her performance and just through our conversations at home, I'm always learning too. So um, it's, it's really about creating space and acknowledging uh, where you keep it. Absolutely, I, I love that. <laughs> um, what, what have you learned through doing this project right now? Uh, I've learned a lot. Um, number one, um, I've learned about my own mental health, if we can start there. Yeah, um, the way this came to be uh, was we had all of the, and I have to shout them out. I can't ever do an interview about this exhibition without shouting out our incredible partners. So the UNHCR, Rainbow Railroad, Franco Queer, and the 519. We had no photo subjects um, to, to take photos of. And so th we, we formed partnerships with them and then they helped recruit uh, people for the photos. But in the process, um, I had to interview each of them. So we had these 30 to 40 minute interviews um, that I would conduct one-on-one -on -one with them, asking them about their experience, you know, just to get a sense of whether they understood what they were taking part in and for me to also get whether they, you know, wanted to even participate in the exhibition. That really fucked me up. Um, those conversations really fucked me up. And, um, you know, we're, we're quite progressive, I think, in Toronto. We're getting there. I think through work, we're quite progressive in talking about mental health. But um, I still don't know that I was fully equipped um, with the tools to deal with the sort of the stories that I was hearing. Um, they sort of traumatized me. They sort of triggered some emotion in me that took me weeks to shake. So I learned about that. Um, I also just learned that... What was your, how did you cope with that? How, <laughs> as I stare at my can of beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife, uh, my work. Um, yeah. I was able to talk a lot about it. Um, I, I'm a photographer and, and an artist, so a lot of times I, I have to dive deeper into those things to sort of distract myself or remove myself from what's currently uh, in front of me. Um, but I think it was my community. Uh, I, 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 I wanna say like you, you both have been so open from the moment I walked in to talk to talking about your mental health. And I think that that's something that's really beautiful. Not a lot of people do that. Um, and my community thankfully are, are, are like, they're like that as well. So they, they help me um, in a way. At a certain point there, there seems to be no other choice. Like, I don't, you know, it, either comes out or <laughs> yeah i don't know I don't or it comes know out in weird ways it's, yeah, it will yeah. Come right out. yeah it will fucking come anger out, or yeah you know yeah abuse or whatever yeah yep. absolutely and i mean i i'm lucky enough to have people that will listen and like you're saying about the power and strength of community like tom and i talk about this time and again but this podcast stemmed out of us being able to have frank and open conversations and i'm thankful yeah. every day to have an ear like that and so i just think it's a nice reminder um, you never know what someone's going through and you never know how yeah. much how much you mean just to look someone in the eye and ask them how they're doing or just to like rest a hand on someone's shoulder and just check in, you know? And I think those things are way more powerful than a lot of us want or like to believe. Mm. I wanted to ask about something specific and if it's off limits, then we can cut it. But um, the young photographers that are shooting uh, the subjects yeah. are refugees themselves as well. Um, what was the experience for that group of young people? Yeah, it's interesting. So not not all the youth are, are refugees. Some are um, the, they're underserved in some way. Uh, mm. They might come from a neighborhood that okay. has less resources. They might be newcomers. Um, they 
whatever it might be, they might be indigenous, people of color. Um, some are LGBTQ identifying, which was also really beautiful, I think. Um, we only had one refugee um, in the exhibition. Um, I don't think he's going to listen to this, so I'll be quite open about how, how I, I thought that went. Um, he's uh, a refugee from Syria. Um, he's been in our program for years, actually. He's, he's amazing. He's um, such an inspiration to me. He's, he, he got here when he was 16, I believe, um, with his family. He's a, a young photographer. He's gone through so much, so many unimaginable horrors uh, growing up in Syria and leaving during the, the war. Um, and so he was a photographer in this, and he was teamed up with a refugee, uh, a lesbian refugee from Egypt. So close, in terms of geography, pretty close. Uh, same language spoken, a lot of the same things, like a common love for hummus, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he participated, and he took her picture, and the picture turned out really beautiful. And, um, and then opening night came, and most of the youth were there, and he wasn't. And for me, that was really... I mean, I can I can make assumptions. Sometimes I think I'm pretty good at making assumptions. I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm also really fucking way off. So <laughs> I think this side, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that I, I might be right. But I feel because of, you know, his family, just being newcomers here, only being here for three years and also coming from a region or a part of the world where homophobia is quite common, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he kept quiet about it because he didn't want family to know and he mm -hmm. didn't want family to be there. Um, yeah. And that, of course, I mean, it goes without saying, but that's not something he can really be faulted for. We talked about Syria a bit in our podcast last week. That is one of the countries with very harsh laws for LGBTQ mm -hmm. members. Yeah, and I learned I learned actually through this exhibition that 77 countries in the world, it's uh, punishable by law um, to be in a same-sex relation, and it's actually punishable by death in eight, um, eight countries. I think Brunei. Was it Brunei? I think they were just the number eight, like a couple months ago, seven before that. Right, um, Brunei wasn't on our list, but uh, these things are Bhutan, gray and muddy, remember. and they change. And also we had there different are like, numbers last there week. Are like, yeah, we did have different numbers last week, but also there are different um, uh, gradations, uh, or yep, and uh, parts of countries too. Right, yeah, that are some parts are have laws and some parts don't. So there's a lot of gray area, but of course, for sure. But what I want to say to that too is, I'm not saying this story to fault him. Um, him being involved in this experience, I really think it was his first. Uh, I don't want to say it was like a gay experience, uh, but it was like a gayish experience. Yeah. He got to work with a lesbian from Egypt. I'm hoping that through that hour they spent together uh, doing their photo shoot, she became humanized to him in mm -hmm. a certain way, and I hope that that had a positive experience for him. Um, and I hope that he one day will have the courage to uh, stand up um, and be an ally for that community as well. I mean, I think that's the goal of all this is one of the many goals is, is that as well. Right. I was wondering, too, if you could speak to um, the intersection of social justice and art and why why the medium of photography, um, what what power does art hold for social justice? Yeah. Um, do you mind if I answer in a story? Actually? Please. Yeah. That's our favorite thing That's to hear. Amazing. <laughs> cool. So I think that I, I honestly feel that there's no better way to share a story than through the arts, whether it's music or photography or film or dance or whatever it is. Uh, the arts is just accessible often. Um, it can take you to places you've never been. It helps you reimagine a world you, you can never go to. It also helps you reimagine a world that we all deserve to be uh, living in, right? Um, years ago, before I uh, got involved in any of this art stuff, um, I was working with North Korean refugees um, in South Korea and in Toronto. Um, I was doing a lot of resettlement work, language training. Um, I even got to go in 2011 or 2012 to the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva wow. to talk there about what was happening. 
but despite all that stuff, um, despite all those successes, my family just did not understand what I was doing. First of all, like being Jewish and working in non-for-profit is what, <laughs> huh? What the fuck? How's that work? What? That's confusing. Um, so there was that, but then also the, like, you're not from North Korea. You're not, um, you're not Korean. And, and for me, it, it really bugged me because a lot of my work was like, there's concentration camps in North Korea and grandma and grandpa, like they knew about these things. Like you should care. Never again. Doesn't just mean never again to you. It means never again to anybody. Um, but they, it didn't get, nothing got through. And then one day I was at my mom's house and I put on a documentary about North Korea and she broke down into tears. And that was how actually I started my, my charity. I was like, wow, film was able to do the one thing that nothing else could, and that was get through to my mom. And wow. so that's how we actually launched the film festival. But um, the arts has that power. And the arts also, I mean, the reason I love photography so much is when I'm feeling really fucking anxious or really down, um, I pick up my camera and I start walking around. And, and what it does, I, I started to notice this after years, um, I start to pay attention to the way light is bouncing off buildings, to the way people are moving outside, to the way things are positioned. like. I call that like photography technique, but a lot of other people call that mindfulness. It's mm -hmm. a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. It's helping me focus on the what's in front of me that I was so blind to instead of like focusing on the shit that depresses me or, or fucks me up at night. Absolutely. I'm, um, a, I'm a photographer as well. And I think also a part of it is like the, the, the separation gives a little bit of space for self-reflection. Like it feels like you're not directly part of the world when you're shooting. And sometimes that's really relaxing and calming, I feel, because you get to take a, like one step back, you know? hundred uh, percent. Can I relate in a really lame way too? Please like do as it someone up. who's had acting training since I was six, uh, the same thing goes for me, but I really observe people and how they speak and what drives them and what their mannerisms are. And like, I just find that my way of and mm -hmm. like sort of seeing the world and meditation and then sometimes i behave like what i see <laughs> <laughs> you act <laughs> it takes you out of yourself though yeah mm -hmm. exactly, right yeah which is great yeah it's really beautiful art as mindfulness i think you were starting to touch on it but can you tell us how jayu came about yeah so there was that um before that i was i was uh, i grew up i uh wanted to go into radio and tv my my grandma who can barely speak english was like you're going to be the next entelson kuppel <laughs> and i don't know who that was um but i wanted to be him and so i went to like laurier for communications quickly realized maybe the wrong place to go for communications graduated had no job moved to korea i think you you've also been to korea yeah, as well i lived there for two years yeah. yeah moved there um had this opportunity to take a day trip into north korea um just just to like brag um and go to a place that no one's been we before. did the dmz but it sounds to me like you went further than that yeah there was this really like brief period of time where relations between south and north were like warmish but still super cold and they were running these like bus trips into a song called a song a city called kaesong um, which is the second largest city in North Korea. And so we took the bus, this rickety, this, no, it's not rickety, this amazing South Korean bus. And then in front of us, there's this like amazing South Korean military Jeep. And it's just driving in front of us. And then it stops. And we're like, we're going to fucking die. Oh my God. And then the Jeep like turns around, you turn and disappears. And we're like, we're going to die. And then in the distance, it's like rickety old Soviet style military. I was like, it's the North Koreans. They came to us and then they started leading us in. Um, and then right when we got in, uh, they took our passports away from us. Yeah. They laid some really, like we were only there for 12 hours. They said we wouldn't get our passports back until we crossed back into South Korea. They told us what we could take pictures of and not take pictures of. And when we crossed back into South Korea, they took our cameras one by one, each of us, to make sure that we were taking pictures of what we were supposed to be taking pictures of. 
Um, I feel like it went after you then because we were not allowed to take photos. Yeah. And we weren't even allowed to gesture at the North Koreans. Like at one point, my dad pointed at something and the tour guide got really angry at him. Yeah. Because so that it didn't look like we were provoking the North Korean soldiers into anything. Oh, my God. It's intense. Um, But you don't see anything like people were like, oh, I want to see the real North Korea. It's all fabricated. It's all like a charade. Um, When I left back into South Korea, I was really confused. I was kind of like, that was a waste of money. Um, and it wasn't until I started Googling, like, I think I typed in what the hell is North Korea. And then I started learning all these really terrifying things. Like I mentioned concentration camps. I mentioned uh, million. I haven't mentioned, but millions of people have starved to death in the 90s from a famine. There's no Internet there. Um, there's no way to make an international phone call. Um, if you commit a crime, they used to have this law there. I don't know if it still exists. But if you commit a crime or a perceived crime, which could just be like, I blame the government for being hungry. You get sent to a concentration camp, and so does three generations of your family. So we could be sitting here, like, podcasting. My crazy uncle could be like, I hate Kim Jong-il at the time. And then they would come and kick this door down and drag me away. And so all of this was, like, too fucked up to hold in. And similar to, like, you asked me earlier, like, what is my gay activism? I get obsessed. I became obsessed with all this stuff. I I started, like, it became my life. And so... The activism eventually led into this charity um, through that film festival. Um, but yeah, it kind of started in North Korea. And then Jayu wow. is a Korean word for freedom. So yeah, we've still held on to the name, but we're no longer focusing on Korea. So anymore. it was originally a film festival. Yeah. Right. And now all these uh, other wonderful things that make me lose my hair. But right. <laughs> yeah. Don't the best things do that, yeah. though? I used to look like Bradley Cooper when this started. And now... <laughs> Yeah, and now Paul Giamatti. I'm just joking. You do not look like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Tom is turning on guests now. We love it. It's that time. We're at the 30 day. minute mark. Turn on them. <laughs> okay. Lastly, I'm sorry to make you talk so much, but I mean that's what you're here for. I'm not sorry. Um, I love this. Can you let us know about your podcast? Yeah, it's called The Hum. Um, similar to this, uh, we've got two uh, two hosts. We interview people with just really interesting human rights stories. Um, we've had like a former South Sudanese child soldier. We had a guy who was wrongfully incarcerated for 13 years for a crime he never committed. We had a guy named Scott Jones, who might be an interesting guest for your podcast. I don't know if you if you know of Scott Jones, but he was um, he was in in uh, he's from Nova Scotia. He was at a, a straight bar. He's gay. He was at a straight bar with his straight friends, and he like made eyes with a guy at the bar, and uh, the guy shot him a really uncomfortable look back. And so Scott was like, I don't like that. And so he walked outside to go home and he was attacked in the alleyway by that guy he stabbed him uh, slashed his throat left him for dead and so scott was uh paralyzed he's now um in a wheelchair he doesn't have full um his legs he doesn't have full like mobility in his legs um he's now a, he lives in toronto he's a beautiful activist he's a singer he's got a choir where he you know uses his choir to build community and raise awareness um but we have guys like scott jones on there as well um but yeah basically it's an it's a space where we can uh, interview people with good stories um really unique stories and we called it the hum because the hum is supposed to be symbolic of human rights in general like even in absolute silence there's still kind of like a buzzing or a hum in the background um and that's kind of like human rights in general i mean we could be walking around and there could be human rights abuses all around us from like a victim of violence walking in front of us to the person who's wearing clothes that were made in a sweatshop to the minerals in our in our phones so it's sort of mm-hmm. like a metaphor for that that's so beautiful this question it's it's a large question and you've answered it a hundred times already on the show but i, I want to ask it directly for our listeners um we get a lot of people that say that they don't know where to start they don't know how to start and they feel overwhelmed um 
there's a there's a lot of strife out there there's a lot bad where where would you say is a good place to start or like what's one thing that someone might be able to do to help after listening to this <laughs> is that fair is that that's a large that's a tall order yeah i've been i've been asked that i don't know that i know the answer i almost want to have a conversation around it with the three of us yeah um and then i'll share what i think yeah but what do you beautiful. what do you both think um oh. What comes to mind first, and we have a lot of, uh, it's funny, we have a lot of people write in to talk to us, and our demographic um, cannot be denied. It's a lot of straight white women between the ages of 25 and 35 um, who are hopefully, uh, I'm sure they are allies. Yeah, people who want to help. So we charge, we always charge our allies to become accomplices, much like you are someone who really, you know, does important work for the community, stands on the front line. Um, I always find that, and it's why we maybe started this project, because at a certain point, doing nothing is unacceptable. It's, um, it's what's the word that you always say? Um, I'm very Enabling. stupid. No. Sure. Uh, um, complacent. Compl- yeah. Yeah. So everyone's good at something. We're all good at something. So take what you're good at and turn it into some form of activism yeah. mm-hmm. because it really is it, it's it's in your wheelhouse whatever it is that you do for work or what you do for love or you know even if it's you know talking to your family or something you're good at something so turn that into something that that means something that matters I, don't, I guess that's a little no, bit that's, vague. No, but. that's amazing. Yes to everything that you're saying. And what I would say, like, maybe even a step before that or a step to bolster that is, like, human beings love to learn. Like, we're all inquisitive. We're curious. Like, we're we're fit to learn. That's how we survive. And I feel like paying attention to actually what, what you're consuming and what you're educating yourself on. Um, even, like, watching a film, you're learning something, no matter if it's, like, the stupidest movie you've ever seen or if it's a great film. So try and take a little bit out of your day, I think, to educate yourself on something that you maybe don't know about or just look in your community, look around you, and um, figure out where you're spending your energy. And I'm sure there's 10% of that or 5 or 3 or 2 or whatever that you can maybe direct to something else that might have a bit more of a positive outcome. Yeah. And I say that, like, hesitantly because that's very preachy. Um, and, and I don't do it the best. Like, I'm, we all could do better at all times. Of but course. we're all suited to do that in one way, shape, yeah. form, or another. And I feel like... I'm really happy that you're right. Absolutely. It starts with listening. It starts with listening to the people that need to be listened to most. Yeah. So absolutely, you're right. That and we all have first. access to, like, not yes. all. A lot of us have access to um, yeah. th- the, the tools that we Because we learn. struggle a lot as cis white men on this podcast. <laughs> struggle a lot. That's not the right turn of phrase. <laughs> it's <but>. so hard. <laughs> what are we going to do? I just mean, like, what, like, you know, it's not, it, we're not the voice that needs to be heard. Right. So we need to make sure this platform is for the people that need to be heard. Right. More than than we need to be heard. Definitely, we're just stupid faggots. What? Yeah, I, and I can't. I don't, I don't even know if I should agree with that. I was just like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, please, please like, agree. You guys that, were yeah. making these jokes earlier, and I was like, can I laugh at that? Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. I would oh never God. use that word. But I know, I know, I know. The stupid part, I agree. We're all stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all stupid. Did you say stupid? Yeah, Is that what you said. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm just Imagine rambling on. You're like, you're holy. Yeah. It's hot very, in here. Very stupid. I know. I had to uh, turn the AC off. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I agree with what you're both uh, saying. I think complacency is a form of enabling, definitely. Um, but I also want to say, like, let's be let's be gentle with ourselves because I used to I used to always say, like, if you're complacent, you're enabling. And I think sometimes <laughs> I say that every week. Every week yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes, uh, like, with mental health in mind, uh, sometimes it's okay to just be complacent and do nothing and just take in. Mm-hmm. Take in and, and be complacent. Thank you for saying that. Or take Absolutely. a rest, right? Thank you for saying. But yeah. eventually. 
uh, being complacent. If if like you're if you're like mo is I'm complacent, then you suck. Yeah, uh, and then nothing <laughs> nothing will yes. change. You can be complacent here and there, but um, that's right. If you need a week to like you know to chill or or, or longer, but. Yeah. You know, I used to always struggle with this idea of, of being called like an activist. It's like an artist. Like I think like most artists don't call themselves artists until okay, now I'm comfortable. Right. And I used to always say like I was uncomfortable with it because I'm not ever out there like picketing or like holding up signs or starting petitions. My form of activism is more in the work I do. Um, but activism can come in even smaller sizes. Activism could be, hey, I'd like to order this Americano. And then while you're waiting for your Americano, you're talking to the barista and you're like, guess one thing that I learned this weekend. I learned that an innocent uh, indigenous boy in Saskatchewan was shot. That is a form of activism as well. It can start really small. So I would say just whatever it is that you take in, share it, like in in one ear and then out the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully in a way that's that's like angled you know, toward change, I would say. Um, and the second thing is, is just find the one thing. It doesn't have to be everything. Like when you said the world today, my mind immediately like turned on CP24 and it was like, uh, indigenous community loses land. There's no clean drinking water. Uh, man gets carded. Uh, Black lives matter. Women's right. Like it's everywhere. It's so hard. Find the one thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it was North Korea. And just ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. Be very curious. And then just share what it is you're learning. And then it will lead to other things, hopefully. It was so beautiful. Thank you But I think we all said the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's just find the one thing. There's, yeah, the the line between um, the hurt that comes with learning and the anger that comes with learning, all these injustices, um, and the proper reaction, right? And, like, I think I really like your answer for giving space for healing as well as for education because Tom and I, shocker to everyone that listens to this podcast, we're incredibly hard on ourselves and on everyone around us. <laughs> so it's nice to hear that. I, I Giving I space that. to heal. In fact, I think that was the perfect thing for me to hear today. Good. We're so much better though as people, I think, in doling out advice and listening to it. Like <laughs> I, if someone ever asks me for advice, like I give all the best advice and uh, then I'm a, I'm a fucking mess. Yeah. yeah. There's three like, kettles and three you, pots here. Don't you dare try to tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yeah. Like if my wife is listening She's like, this guy's not balanced. Like, <laughs> what is he fucking saying? We get an email being like, hey, yeah. just He's double check. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not, Britta. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, can we, Let's can we ask some... you some silly questions? Yeah. What's your favorite body part? Body On, on my body? No. Mm, any body. Mm, eyes. What's your favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Forrest Gump also, though. I love Forrest Gump. Locked and loaded. What's your favorite mythical creature? Ooh. Uh, A dragon. I just saw Godzilla. It's a terrible film. I don't even know if it's a dragon. It's terrible. It was really bad. Really bad. I don't even understand the plot points in that movie. I just won't see it. It doesn't make any sense. Don't do Um, it. What's your your favorite noise? Uh, It's hilarious. (laughs) Always. It doesn't matter where I am at. That or like a... I was, was going to say the other thing that comes what? from the, fe- the, the, the anyway. Queef. The, yes. Um, that's oh, the one. Queef, yeah. We had, someone we had a guest our, Queef on microphone for us. At our or, live not, show. Not oh. the microphone you're speaking into. I, I Actually, think. it probably yeah. was. <laughs> when, I, when I was in Korea, there was yoga and, and like everyone was queefing in the room for some reason during yoga. And I, I could only get through like half of one class because I was going to shit myself laughing. Yeah. It's funny. Like queefing is actually, it's the one thing that no matter what happens, I will laugh at. There yeah. was one, if I may interrupt. Are we offending question, the like, majority of people who listen to this? No, 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 no. no, this no, is no. What people the, are we always talk about yeah. queefs here because we love Excellent. queefs. Um, I was in, I don't even think I've told this story on the, on the podcast before, but I was in this one play 
where um, I had to uh, run onto the stage with my fellow actor, this uh, amazing, amazing actor wo- uh, woman who I'm friends with still, and we had to be laughing in hysterics, which, as any actor knows, is the hardest thing to act. Like, it is the one thing that actually you can't fake, laughing in hysterics. So before, every single night, before we went on, she would queef for me, and, we, and then she would comment on it, and then we would break down and enter the stage, and the audience had no clue what that was going on. It was a family show, but she would be like, "Oh, that one hurt," or like, "Or like, ooh, that was a really wet one," and we were like, ah, and we would run on. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah. When you said comment, I was imagining she was like rating it, like the oh way someone God. rates that food. too. There was always some. There was always some kind With of a touch like, of yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's what are the tannins in this queef? I really do love queefing. So uh, sorry for the, the things we relate relate to. Um, is it my question? Yes, yours. Uh, who's your celebrity crush? I used to really love Mila Kunis a lot. Um, now it's uh, what's her name? Uh, the woman who plays Wonder Woman, um, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, isn't it? Oh, Gadot. Is it? Gadot. That's why I don't know. Right. I don't know. So Gal Gadot. I I'm Israeli. She's Israeli. There's. Right. I like her. Amazing. Who is your queer icon? Queer icon. Hmm. A relatively unfair question. Yeah, but. You know what? Actually, I would say right now, um, for me, a queer icon would uh, it would be um, Dennis Wamala. Uh, I'm actually glad that you asked that. Dennis Wamala is one of the photo subjects in our exhibition, um, and go to the exhibition and just read his story. Not to plug it again, but he's he's my icon. Just the fact that he's here in Toronto, uh, despite all the reasons not to be. Uh, I challenge you. I challenge you to not make him your icon after you see the story. Challenge accepted. Cool. Uh, what do you wish you knew more about? Women. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I'm like, I don't... <laughs> what is the answer? How do I... <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that... How, yes. How could I have been taller? Like, from a younger... Could I have done something else? Milk? Like, could I drink more <laughs> milk? I wish I knew about how to be taller. Oh my god. That's unfair. Those, That's unfair. I thought yeah. those two were related, but I realized they're not. Um what would your friend say is your best quality? Um, yikes. I, I like maybe that I build community. Maybe That's really nice. That's a tough that's always a tough one answer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And what are you most grateful for? My health. For sure. Uh my health. What which is a fucking up and down thing, but uh-huh. my health. I'm nervous about this one. <laughs> what do you hate about straight culture? Oh, entitlement. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. Entitlement. Yeah, thank you. Um, c- can I answer that in two ways? Fuck entitlement, that. but also not um, not being aware of space. Uh, no matter how, how often I like talk about space or others talk about space, it's all good. You listen, you nod, and and you look at the next white guy or straight guy and and say, "Oh yeah, like he needs to open up," but you like hardly looking in, inside. I would say that bugs me. I'm really yeah. glad I asked you that. It's amazing. And, oh, God, I can't ask this one. Oh, whatever. Really it's funny. It's good. Um, what's your queer superpower? Ooh, my queer superpower. How do I answer this? However you yeah. want. It's almost queer that you're straight. It is queer that he's straight. Yeah. I must answer this. Uh, in Morocco, I, I this might not even be queer. I rocked a pretty amazing mustache. Yep. Does yeah. that work? Oh, fuck oh yeah, yeah. I'm cool. I'm jealous by the way Yours is great Thank you very much Very nice Very full <laughs> I feel like a mangy cat today So I haven't really haven't With a great that. mustache With a great Thank yeah. you yeah. <laughs> um, Take this how you will What's your biggest queer fear? My biggest queer fear? Um, that 
that the community won't get to where they're trying to get to. I remember having this conversation with a with a friend of mine who's a lesbian, and th- apparently in Boston they're trying to organize a straight yeah. uh, oh, yeah. pride. Pride, which yeah. is I think what? it's happening. I'm not too. We positive. purposely didn't want to give it airtime, but yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yep. Yeah, I but think it's in what, August. what worries me is that things catch on, and then someone's going to want to. Some morons going to want to try to do that here. Definitely. Um, just space being taken up, like that's just dumb. Um, yeah. I, I worry that within my lifetime, we're not going to for everyone. Um, even for especially for the trans community, yeah, uh, there's a the, trans people are dying at an alarming rate. It's uh, an epidemic. The violence against trans. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, really fast about the straight pride. Sorry about the airtime, but it's, it's organized by white supremacists and it's like a neo-Nazi thing. So it's like what? barely even about sexual orientation. I know <laughs> no one's surprised, but also their grand marshal's gay. It's Milo Yiannopoulos. Like none, like it's not, it's not straight pride. It's to rile folks up. I just want to stop. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah. want to suck the air out yeah. of it. Yeah. Sean Penn will be in a movie about this one yeah. day. Oh sure. my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas, do the honors. Oh crap. Um, what is your queer mantra? My queer mantra? Oh, you guys ask tough questions. I don't even know what my straight mantra is. <laughs> my queer mantra? Uh, just be fabulous? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so Amazing. now that that is over, we should say that that was... Thank you very yeah. much for going on that journey. And those answers were all very excellent. They were better than yours, Elliot. Yeah, well, like actually. Yeah, yeah. Certainly they were. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah. So actually, Elliot, you can... Head out. Oh, I'll, I'll just go. Gilad, you can, you take, can just take over if you want. I thought that we weren't you the guest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. You guys, I've always seen my welcome. I'm gonna take off. Thank you for and having that's me. Another. Thank you for another episode. Of, what's this show called? <laughs> Talking about straight men taking up space. You're like, I'm just gonna take your microphone. This is now my show. <laughs> um. Okay. We have one more ridiculous thing to ask you. Yeah. There is a being behind you, over your shoulder. I would like for you to describe what Pepper is making you feel, how, how they're making you feel. So you, you sent me an email earlier about a cat. I, I actually have an allergy to cats, so oh. uh, but I'm feeling good. There's the, one at your feet. The real life cat's making me feel okay. This cat, though, yeah. um, without the dander, is making me feel itchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very weird. The look on its face is, the look on its face is, um, it's, it's very judgmental. Yeah. Like we're talking a lot about space. This mm-hmm. cat's not giving anybody any space. No. Mm-hmm. And it's also got to like, what the fuck are you looking at? Of course I'm wearing a blue bandana and <laughs> yellow pants. What else would I be doing? I love it. It's judgmental and it's sucking me out of the room. That's yeah. perfect. Pepper is happy that you've seen them. Is what oh, I'll say. Pepper. This has been so phenomenal. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Do, do we have uh, rain- double rainbow? Double rainbow. Yeah. Um, Does anyone have one? Good things. Happy things. Do you have a happy thing? I just started watching the simple life. Holy fuck, I'd never seen it. Elliot, for God's sake. I know. I'm I don't even understand how I've gone this long without ever witnessing it. It's um one of the best things I've ever I've ever seen. So I refuse I, to watch it and take that as an it's answer for So upsetting. Rainbow. It's so profoundly upsetting. Huh. Um the way that these people live their lives. So yeah, that's that's mine. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's about par for the course <laughs> for me, right? Mine is um I'm directing this pro I'm in the middle of directing this program right now for youth uh we're doing theater and god they're all such weirdos and i love fostering them to be just even weirder Mm. and it's exhausting as you can (laughs) remember from my color but um this is what this is what i'm the best at so it's it's a cool reminder happy to hear you say that when i feel like really you know i feel like i'm not i have my hands on so many pots 
and none of the pots I feel like I'm an expert at. It feels really re- refreshing to finally come across one that I'm like, oh, no, no, I know I'm good at this. I love it. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I love it. Nothing like uh, knowing that you're doing the thing that you were here yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, my Mine? Yes. Uh, I'm going to do two. Like, professionally, uh, I'm heading to California uh, on Sunday, uh, a week in L.A. just to relax. So I'm happy Great. to see L.A. And then we're so running a, a two-week photography program with uh, Afghani refugee youth. Uh, same sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm excited and kind of nervous for it. Uh, and then uh, on my on the personal side, I paid off my OSAP. <gasps> Fuck um, yeah. Which is like, it took me 16 years Oh, yeah, congratulations. I did like a postgrad too, but it's wow. Gone. So I'm very, I'm debt free. I'm debt free. Oh my wow. God. Yay. That's a good that one. That is huge. Cheers yeah. Both that. of those are fucking huge. Actually. That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. I like teaching weird children. I watched a <laughs> reality TV show. You fucking people. Okay. I rescue children. <laughs> <laughs> like Paris Hilton's really silly. <laughs> this I'm cat's go. making me uncomfortable. I think I got to go. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, ha- I'm going to have, um, okay. Uh, thanks, Galad. Can you please tell our listeners one more time where to find you? Jayu.ca. All the information about our podcast, film festival, and exhibition is up on there. Um, you can follow me on social media, uh, Mister. So Mr. My first name G I L A D C O H E N. Mister. Galad Cohen. Uh, and then let's connect. Great, amazing. amazing. And we'll see all of our listeners at Jayu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I if I do want to go with you, Elliot. If yes, you're, if I shall be absolutely. Awesome. Um, and everyone who's listening to this, you obviously know where to find it, but you can go drop us a line. You can rate, review, and subscribe. You can send us an email. You can follow us on all of the accounts. Um, head over to our Patreon, become a patron. And while you're at it, if you want to like buy some merchandise from our website, we wouldn't be mad because it supports these scrappy fucking faggots. Thanks for being a capitalist pig there. I'm a, little, yeah. I'm a little anchor for capitalism. <laughs> so, yeah. Without further ado. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so, um, and if, if I could have a final word, please oh, uh, yeah, yeah. support this podcast. This is amazing. You mentioned the Patreon page. Donate. Podcasts like this need your support. They, uh, they're passion projects mostly. Uh, this one's a really important one. Listen to what Elliot said. Donate. Buy the merchandise. Do it up. Thank, Thank you, you so it's much. Nice. Oh my God. It's very nice. <laughs> okay, we'll see you game. next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Cool. That was great. That was so sweet. That was a lot of Do you queer? 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 Do you que